This episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is sponsored by the most awesome Nick B, Mazakazu T, Matt N, and Monica M. To become a part of our amazing Patreon crew, visit us on patreon.com slash finalgirlshorrorcast. You're listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. Hey there, my lovelies, and thanks for joining us on the 115th episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing some witchy 2018 releases uh, with The Witch in the Window and Hereditary. For you new listeners, we are a spoiler-heavy podcast, so continue at your own risk. The Witch in the Window is currently streaming on Shudder, and Hereditary is on Amazon Prime Video. It's just Prime Video. I always want to say Amazon. <laughs> it's okay. I think their Twitter is Amazon Prime Video, so you're is fine. It? I think oh, so. Nice. You're good. Uh, so go ahead and check those out before continuing if you are a spoiler-sensitive listener. I am very echoey again today. I'm just, I'm going to say it again. I know our, our quality is going to go up exponentially in like a month or two. Very <laughs> like exciting. Right now, all I have is echo rooms. You just need to deal with it. And she didn't make a TP today. I didn't have time to make a TP this morning. So <laughs> a lot of times I'll, um, I'll really try to muffle some of the sound. I did not get to it today. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but before we jump into these films today, <laughs> let's get started with a segment that we like to call... Trailer Trash Talk. Today's trailer is Greta with a March 1st release date. It's directed by Neil Jordan, who you may remember from films like Byzantium and In Dreams. Oh. In Dreams is old. Yeah, I was like, I do remember In Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it's written by Neil Jordan and Ray White. Sorry, Ray Wright. It's hard to say that. Uh, who wrote The Crazies remake and Case 39. Love The Crazies remake. Haven't seen Case 39, but I want to. You never saw Case 39? I did not. That's a pretty good one. We should cover that sometime. I'm in. The IMDb summary for this film is a young woman befriends a lonely window. A window. lonely window. Let's <laughs> change the premise of the whole movie. <laughs> she befriends a window. Things just got weird. Can you read it? <laughs> yes. The IMDb summary is a young woman. Woman. Jeez Louise. <laughs> a young woman befriends a lonely widow who's harboring a dark and deadly agenda towards her. Oh, thank you. I wanted to say window just for right? posterity. It- I mean, it's so close to window. <laughs> I'm getting over a cold, so my A, I don't sound great, and B, you know, words are harder. <laughs> Speaking is rough. I always need to comp- I always need to like blame it on something. It can't just be my <laughs> fault <laughs> that I fucked up. It's either wine's fault or time of day or me being sick. <laughs> Those are my reasons. It's never your fault. I agree. It's never. It's never my. It's never really my fault. No. Um. So I'm kind of excited because I liked. I remember loving in dreams. Um, Same. 
we both love the crazies remake yeah and case 39 is really good especially writing wise um case 39 is interesting so i think i'm really excited about this the trailer is really great too uh it starts out lovely and gets creepy and then ends with a what the fuck (laughs) no i really really i'm excited I'm excited. I, I'm really excited. I we've got Micah Monroe is in this. We've got mm-hmm. um, obviously Love Chloe her. Grace Moritz, who's wonderful. Mm-hmm. The the woman looks. I don't know who she is, but she who plays Greta. Um, but every like this movie looks great to me. It really does look great because I mean I love how it starts off like oh she meets a friend and it's an old lady and they're becoming friends and then uh, it gets creepy like. Okay, this old lady is playing, like, trying to get lure people into her house. Yeah, and she has and no then, chill. Like, she freaks out on this girl in a restaurant. She follows her, and yeah. then it's like, oh, it's a stalker movie. Okay, and then all of a sudden, it's like, takes this crazy horror turn where it's like, I don't know, it looks like she's forcing her to be her daughter or something. So oh, my God. I don't know what's happening, and I'm just so excited about it. Yeah, same. It's gonna, It's going to be fun. This is definitely towards the top of my excited for in 2019. Me too. Me too. What other films are you excited about for 2019? You know, when you just asked me that, everything was like a clean slate. Really? Okay. How about Us? Jordan Peele's new movie. Oh, yes. Obviously. It Chapter 2. Yeah. I'll be (laughs) more excited when I see a trailer from it. Super excited about Jordan Peele's new movie, though. Yeah. That definitely is towards the top, right? I feel like I'm cu- I'm curious about it. I'm excited because of what they did with the first one, but like the second mm-hmm. part was not my favorite in the original miniseries, so I have like way lower expectations for it. Agreed. Agreed. You know? It's yeah, but yeah. I mean, it, the great. I, the cast is amazing. Like I am not doubting that it's not going to be good. I'm just not as excited for it as I was. Yeah. For part one, I hear you. I think like there is something like with the nostalgia part of it and like the the kids part of it mm-hmm. that's way more alluring and it's hard when it starts off with that and then goes to the adults but let's be real the miniseries wasn't all that great to begin with correct so i'm guessing that um, it's gonna be better than that yeah it's it's gotta be for sure <laughs> there's no way it's not gonna be good just don't know how good correct so i know i'm excited um, um pet cemetery 100 that one came back to so me so <laughs> excited about pet cemetery so excited can't wait so this is definitely towards the top of that list now i'm i'm excited yeah i think it's yeah i think it's gonna be good it's gonna be a fun watch for sure it looks legit creepy yes it does <laughs> i was a little freaked out watching just the trailer and that's exciting i was like ooh, i'm uncomfortable <laughs> I love crazy old ladies. Let's do this. Crazy old ladies and like (laughs) spooky ghost babies get me every time. Is there a spooky ghost baby in this? Not in this. I'm just saying those two things in general. general. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know you were afraid of spooky ghost babies. Spooky ghost babies are just fun because children are just so creepy. Can you give me an example of a a spooky ghost baby that gets you? The one that just popped into my head when you asked me that was the grudge. Uh Oh, okay. Like the little boy who like opens his mouth and then and cat he, sounds he meows. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "That's weird," and makes me feel weird. <laughs> That's funny that you said that. I always thought that was funny. It is funny, but it makes me yeah. feel weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's weird. 
Oh, see, I'm when I think of spooky ghost babies, I'm thinking of like babies, like actual babies. No, no, but you're I'm talking like about little kids, kids. yeah, okay. with their creepy so, like, laughter. The girls from The Shining, maybe. Yeah, but they're fun. I enjoy the girls from The Shining. I think they're pretty creepy. Oh, they're super creepy in a fun way. <laughs> Can we dress up as the girls from The Shining when we go to Monster Palooza? One hundred and fifty percent. And just walk around and hold hands the whole time. Yes, it's really just my excuse to hold your hand the whole time. Yes, <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, all right what are we talking about let's move on i don't know let's, let's talk about our first movie where Carly, am i what's up first we are talking about 2004's the witch in the window uh nope i meant to change that to 2018 i was like that's uh, a long time I ago i did i was like didn't this just come out i was like yep, i would have claimed out. like 2017 but 2004 this movie's been around <laughs> no it came out in november uh just last <laughs> november just like three months ago <laughs> I'll just, you know, Ron Burgundy sorry about right that. here. I thought I changed it. I guess I I'll did. read whatever's in front of me. Um, <laughs> you are. Sorry, Ron Burgundy. Didn't mean to do that. Stay classy. Here we go. Uh, 2018. Correction. Yes. <laughs> the Witch in the Window. Written and directed by Andy Mitten, uh, who also did Yellow Brick Road. And we go on. I haven't heard of either of those. I think that they i think at least we go on is on shutter and i now want to check it out oh cool i would definitely mm-hmm. check that out okay yeah. uh imdb summary is when simon brings his 12 year old son finn to rural vermont to help flip an old farmhouse they encar- they encounter the malicious spirit of lydia a previous owner and now with every repair they make she's getting stronger this is a weird um imdb summary i feel like i think it's accurate ish yeah What's what's super weird about it? To me, it felt like, I mean, obviously we can talk about this, but yeah. um, to me, it felt like really all she had to do was like, she was like, this is why I need you to stay. And he was like, okay, <laughs> I'll stay. Thanks. Like there wasn't any like real tormenting, I guess. So I guess, I don't know. Like they turned the power back on and that's how she kind of gained back her power. But I don't know. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I see what you're saying, and I don't think that the story is flawless, but there's more to it than that. No, 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 for I mean, sure. I, I, I liked this movie. I want to start by saying that I just thought that if I were to read the IMDb summary before I saw it, I would have thought that Lydia had more of a malevolent, intense presence than she did. Well, she is a malicious spirit. Oh, for sure. Yes. But... I don't know. She is malicious. She doesn't torment them, but it doesn't say she torments them. It says they encounter her. They do encounter her. Which is accurate. I don't know. I thought this movie was amazing. I was surprised at how much I liked it. The only thing that bothered me was the kids acting. um, Yeah. And some little story things that didn't quite, that I think could have been stronger. I think this movie could have been a little bit longer, and I think they could have explained a little bit more. Um, yeah, which I never say. When do I ever say I want a movie to be longer? I was actually really excited that this was like an hour seventeen minutes. Yeah, um, I was just. Con- I feel like they could have even. I was confused at. Um, this is kind of jumping ahead, but whatever. Sure, that's fine. Um, I was confused when. So after he's dead, the dad is dead, and they're moving into the house. Spoiler alert! Just kidding. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, and then it like. 
echoes to the part where he's like, well, where will you go? And she's like, I'll be free. And then she's like walking in the city. Yes, I didn't understand that at all. That was like, wait a minute. I was with the movie and then that just really threw me off. And unfortunately, it's right at the end and I got confused. Yeah, I wish that they completely got rid of that. Same. 100%. I even wrote, why is Lydia in New York City, though? Yeah. Like, where did... Oh, she went to New York. She's going to be free, but she's going to New York. What? I thought maybe she'd be free, like, you know... Her spirit would be free. Yeah. (laughs) Which made more sense to me. Like, honestly, if they just didn't show her again, it would have made way more sense. (laughs) Yeah, she's gone. Why (laughs) Why is she she in New York York City? (laughs) What is going on with that? Like, she's a human now? <laughs> yeah. She came back to life? I'm very confused. I, I'm i not sure. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't. No, I was 100% confused about it, and I just kind of pretended it didn't happen. Because cool. I loved the ending of this otherwise. Me too. So, so much. Same. I thought it was a great ending, except for that part, and I just pretended it didn't happen. <laughs> awesome. Because I was like, did I miss something severely that, like... When ghosts go free, they can just become real people and and go to to New York. York. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I missed something, but I know I didn't miss something. Um, So I'm not really sure what the intent was there. I will say um, that this is such a beautiful story about a father and son. And um, I loved... The dramatic parts of the film Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I immediately loved these characters. I immediately appreciated their their conversation. The dialogue in this movie is really strong. I love I love the way that Dad talks to to Finn, and I love the way that I mean he just has such great lines. Like you know he's trying to like get his son excited. And his son is 12 years old. You know how like crazy the age of 12 is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just, I guess I just wished you were still on the 12 side of 12, not the 13 side of 12. And I just love that sign, that, that line so much. Cause it's so true. It's, it's just so accurate <laughs> without even saying anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I really, I really appreciated that and i you know we don't get a lot of these types of mostly horror movies mm-hmm. aren't about guys it's I mean, true or that just even just aren't. in general the father-son relationship yeah um, th- that's rarely explored yeah especially in such a way like this is so yeah. believable of like you know dad takes son and to f- help fix a house like i'm gonna show you what i do and it's gonna be great and we're going to have a lot of deep conversations. One of the saddest moments in this movie for me was when um, after he puts him on the bus and they're in the house mm-hmm. and like the son is like saying, you know, you're my hero and my hero wants to leave me. And then like the look on the dad's face when he realizes that like that's not what's actually happening. I was mm-hmm. like, that is heartbreaking. That realization is just so sad. Yeah. Because it's Lydia, and she's saying the things he wants to hear to keep him there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really like this just so much. And I, I think that the story, there's something really good about this story. And I think even though it's not perfect, it works so well yes. because of the characters and um, their bonds. And, and you really... I think especially uh, the, the guy that plays Simon just does an amazing job of 
of just showing all of his feelings on his face, you know, yeah. just like he's great. I don't know. It, it it's just so good. The writing is so good uh, when it comes to that. But this this doesn't even need to function as a horror film to mm-hmm. be good. Like I I would watch this multiple times. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's the saddest ending of any horror movie I've ever seen. Like it's I. <laughs> It's, it's sad. So de- it's so sad, but like in a happy way. Sure. But like when he gets off the phone. Oh, my with, God. When he gets off the phone with his ex-wife at the end, like before he dies. Yes. And she won't put the son on the phone. It's the saddest thing in the universe when when she says, like, it's just not enough or it's too late, you know, that you bought this house. And he says, I love you. And she doesn't say anything. And it's just, oh, my heart just like aches I was in that like, moment. Oh, my. It's so sad. It's so it's sad. It's so sad. I mean, it's just, I don't know, really good writing. Um, but it's funny because the whole like horror aspect I thought would be more in the forefront. And there's definitely really creepy moments. Um, but it doesn't function as a horror movie first. I think that's kind of like... I don't know, almost more symbolic in the story mm-hmm. than like than like it's a horror movie. I agree. Yeah. I think that's what I meant when I was saying that the IMDb summary is like a little weird because it makes it sound more like a horror movie than it is. Well, I mean, I think it, it is a horror movie. I agree. I'm it, not taking that away. It so- makes it yeah. like sound like it's going to be scarier than it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not fair? The Conjuring, which right. y- it maybe sounds like. You know? And especially with like the the uh image for the movie and the image for the movie on shutter i was like is this gonna be like a creepy like creepy witch movie and it wasn't and i was pleasant like i was super pleasantly surprised because i was expecting it to be one thing and it turned out to be something else and i really liked well, and, it and the way i've heard other people talk about this like especially like justin from horror from the horror business podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he always talks about how this movie scared the crap out of him and i could see i mean there's some seriously t- tense moments um so I could see how it might be frightening, but like there's so many other lovely moments yeah. that it's, it outweighs the scary moments almost. That little boy is so brave too. Like he, <laughs> Oh my God, when they were like, she's here and they're like looking yeah. at her and they, he walks up to her with the dad and like takes out his phone and there's nothing there. And then yeah. they get in her face. That, oh, that why do they me, get in her face? I don't know. I was like so uncomfortable the whole time. And I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, no, thank you. So, so I wish I kind creepy. of knew a little bit more about Lydia. Um, Same. Because I, I want to understand why she's stuck there. I want to understand, like, all I know about her is she was uh, maybe malicious in her human life and she was maybe a murderer, but we don't know if she was. Mm-hmm. See, and okay. I'm glad you said that. Cause I was like, maybe I missed something there too. I was like, did I miss the backstory? Like, no. Cause Lewis, who's the neighbor kind of just says, you know, her, they found her husband and son in a hail, hail, uh, <laughs> hay bale, whatever they call mm-hmm. those things what do they call them i think it's a hay bale a hay baler or something hay baler. anyway uh that they found her husband and son there and she was a widow and then she would just stare at the kids and her his mother was afraid of her mm-hmm. and all these things i kind of wish that was a little stronger 
um, usually it was just her just being there, you know, her just like appearing. And I, I did like the moments of her just kind of appearing in the background, you mm-hmm. know, and it's at moments that aren't supposed to be as tense. You know, they're talking about the kids talking about how he saw her in the mirror and they zoom in in the mirror and you feel really uncomfortable, but you don't see anything. Yeah. And then later they walk away and you see her in the mirror. You know, like I love things like that. Um, it's fun and creepy, but I don't there's nothing that I really don't get a sense for who Lydia is. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wanted a little bit more. Like, why was she stuck there? And and um, and why is he now stuck there? You know, it's it's kind of like you. if you want to leave, you have to get someone to replace you or something. It's some kind of something on the house. Uh, we were also told that she was probably a witch. Um, I'm not really sure how any of that works. Um, maybe she cast a spell on the house so she could stay there. And then if she found someone to replace her, she could leave like i don't i don't know i don't know how any of this works because i don't explain it um in the grand scheme of the story it doesn't really suffer but i think it would have functioned better as a horror movie if they gave us more information i agree and i also like i i would have liked maybe to have a little bit more information but at the same time i think i kind of understand that she was kind of just an element of the movie and the right. like obviously like what the real kind of horror of this particular horror drama because that's kind of what it is um is just being a parent kind of and also like yeah. being there for your family when maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable and mm-hmm. you don't necessarily feel wanted mm-hmm. and so like i don't know i feel like I want more information on her, but at the same time, it's not like one of those movies where we're trying to like appease her ghost. Right. You know, so it's totally, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's not necessary, but part of my brain is like, I don't understand the folklore around this house and the requirements within it. And it's not what the story's about, but it's a big part of the story. Totally. So it's, it's hard. It's a little hard to, to function without it, but, uh, but again, I understand what you're saying. And like, really, the house and Lydia are just allegory for him learning how to be a parent mm-hmm. and um, being able to devote his life to his family um, and how the timing of that was never right. And he had to really give up everything to get anything back. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful story. It's mm-hmm. really heartbreaking and, and well done. And I love the ending uh, beyond the Lydia suddenly being in New York City. Yeah, thing. same. That was so weird. <laughs> Very weird. Um, but I, I think it's a beautiful story. I think it's well done. I want to see more from Andy Mitten. And now I want to go on Shutter and find his other films. Same. So um i've heard that those films are a little bit more actual horror um that's what so it looks maybe, at i was looking at yellow brick road and it looks way more horror than yeah. this guy although this one did look horror just from like looking that's at it so who fair. knows <laughs> that's very that's very true so a uh, quick question do those magic eye posters did did you ever uh have any of those i never like had a poster in my room but i mm-hmm. distinctly remember having them in like my fourth or fifth grade classroom and like 
doing them all the time. Or like whenever what? I saw one, I would always always be like, I have to. What is it? So you could you could f- do them. Oh yeah, yes. I could never do it. I I feel like I'm doing it right too. Like I'm kind of unfocusing my eyes and everything, and I still can't figure out what's what it is. <laughs> what helped for me is to like you almost not like go cross-eyed, but like almost get to that point where you're focusing yeah. on something else in front yeah. of you, and then mm-hmm. and then it kind of appears. Yeah, I've tried it. It just doesn't, I feel like I'm doing it right. I think once or twice I've seen it, but like I had a really hard time. When you were looking at the magic poster in this movie, were you able to see it? No. Okay, because it was apparently it was Finn's name written out in capital letters. Oh, interesting. Sorry, Leia. Give me your dumpling. Leia's got her squeaky toy. She's got her dumpling. Um, I think I, I tried doing it and I couldn't see it. <laughs> But I love how they just held on the magic eye poster for a really long time. I'm like, is something going to jump out at me? Am I supposed to do the magic eye poster and see something? I didn't even try. I was like, it's too late for this. But it was a long time. They held on it for a really long time. So if you are watching this movie. Let us know. (laughs) Try and find the magic eye, Finn's name in the magic eye poster. And if you're too young to remember what a magic eye poster is, uh, the 90s were an interesting time. I don't know what. (laughs) They're fun. They're good times. Those are the things we did in the 90s. Yep. Um, I read a quick interview uh, with the director, and he said that, uh, you know, they shot it in only 14 days. They had a house in Vermont that they shot in, and it was like this older house, and they um, weren't able to change a lot of the things in the house. Um, So, like, the bird wallpaper and things like that, Mm -hmm. they couldn't – they weren't allowed to paint over that. So, a lot of it is, like – a lot of what you see in the house is just things they couldn't change. And he's like super paranoid the whole time they were filming that they were going to like ruin the house because they had to pay for all the repairs and everything. So it's like, I don't know. He's apparently he got like a laundry list of uh, charges after and had to pay for all the renovation issues. So what a perfect house that they found though. That window is so good. Oh, it's a great window. It's a great window. Oh, and I love Vermont. Me too. I'm going to go visit Vermont. It's been so long since I've been there. It's so beautiful. It is beautiful. And the ice cream is there. And the ice cream. <laughs> ben and Jerry's, man. Um, I don't know. I can't, I really did enjoy it. I think it's great. I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, I think our chatter here wouldn't necessarily ruin it for you. And um, no, it's great. It's definitely worth watching, even if One, you haven't watched it and you're listening to this right now. 100%. I highly recommend it. Um, and I would recommend it to people who don't like horror movies, especially, even. Oh, yeah. You know, like, this would have been a good Let's Make a Monster episode, because I could get some of my friends in on this. For sure. Totally. I agree. Okay. Moving on. What's next? Yep. Okay, so our next film is Hereditary from 2018. I'm going to cough. <laughs> right on cue. Okay. Fucking cold, man. <clears throat> uh, Hereditary from 2018, written and directed by Ari Aster. Who This is his first full-length movie, which is insane. Um, but coming in this year, we get another film from him called Midsommar. Or Midsummer, maybe spelled incorrectly, uh, about a young woman and her boyfriend on a summer trip. Oh my gosh! Yes, starring Will Port- Will Polter. 
Uh, so excited. Another thing to be excited about for 2019. Uh, but yes, about hereditary, <laughs> uh, the IMDb summary is after the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. So I'm really glad that I rewatched Me this. too. Holy cow. Okay. First of all, this movie is one of those movies. I feel like that's going to get better every time you watch it. Yes. You notice a lot more things the second time 100%. around. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, so when I was first watching it, I don't. Okay. So I'm going to say that it was like slow, but not in that way. Like I've the mm-hmm. movie, it went, you know, it moved yeah. and I was always captivated, but it was, it felt like a slower pace. Yes. I felt like the second time that I watched it, it like zoomed by. I was, 100% I agree. was like, well, we're like already at the end. I'm like, what's, did I miss something? I was like, no, yeah. I was present the whole time, but it just like, it went by so much faster the second time. Well, around. And it is longer. It's two hours. Yeah. It didn't feel but like it. It doesn't feel like two hours. Mm-mm. It's not Suspiria. <laughs> How did Toni Collette not get nominated for this movie is what I want to know. She is amazing in this. She is so good. I was like, whole, every, it was just, She's she's amazing. That's all. Like, you know who else is amazing in this movie though? This Jumanji the kid. Son. Yeah. He's he's like I don't think I realized it the first time. No. He, he breaks my heart in this movie. He's so good. Yeah. Even just that one scene. That one scene where he's like a puppet. Mhm. Oh my god. He with his arm in the air and like his face. His face is so expressive. Mhm everything it's a, it's, like his it's face so good. after the unthinkable happens yeah and oh like literally that I, whole scene i mean uh, him going home and him just like going to bed going to and, bed oh my oh. god okay let's get into it i'm like got, i've got chills literally have the, goosebumps right now talking about it before we get in because i have a question for you okay because i remember when we when you first saw this movie you were not that into it i wasn't and you you told me that you couldn't get over the fact that the father had an accent. Oh, I was that yeah. went in and out. Did I, that bother you? Because I paid attention to that this time, and I still didn't notice. It. I didn't pay attention to Gabriel Byrne really okay. that much um, in my second viewing of it. Um, I feel like he's such a background character, and like yeah. I understand that he's going through a lot of stuff, also. Um, but I feel like I kind of zoned him out a little bit. Okay. Because um, I remember you really yeah, it, being upset and were and, uh, upset about that part. It, and I was like, he's such, it's such a small thing. And like, I really try to pay attention to his accent. And I do see how he has kind of a, a slight accent, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like it was in and out at all. Yeah. It, I can't even to tell you, to be honest, because I feel like I really did block him. You really did. I was okay. so focused. Well, that makes me happy, though, because I remember I was stoked on this after seeing it, and you were like, I couldn't get over him, and I was sad about it. Yeah. No, I let him go, um, and I really <laughs> focused on Tony, Charlie, and Jumanji Kid, um, because they're- <laughs> That is his name. I don't even know. I feel so bad. I'm going to look it up on IMDb right now. Yeah, please. He deserves- terrible. It deserves that we- He oh does. Alex Wolf. He was Peter. Yes, thank you. <laughs> he is- Phenomenal. He was great in Jumanji. <laughs> he was great in Hereditary. <laughs> um, and apparently he's an award-winning musician. Who knew? Um, I would also like to mention that on on Prime Video, you can watch this in 4K right now. And it looks 
amazing. I might have to re. There's two options. You can watch it regular. I don't know why you would choose that. Well, no, I was because when I watched it, I was just like, play hereditary. I told my oh. TV, and so it just played whatever. So I don't even you know. I could keep doing watched that, it. and you keep missing out on awesomeness. <laughs> <I know. laughs> there, yeah, there's like a regular version, and then there you can watch the 4K version. And the 4K version looks beautiful. And I don't even have a fancy TV, but it looked so good. I'm going to have to check Actually, it out. both of these films looked really good. I meant to say earlier that the cinematography mm-hmm. in The Witch in the Window is really well done. Um, and it, the, it's just a beautiful looking movie. Um, Hereditary is also, but in a different way. I mean, we the set design in Hereditary is stunning. Yes. Um, not not to, not even. I mean, even beyond the miniatures, which are insanely amazing, um, that whole house was built on a soundstage, and it's gorgeous. It is would live there. <laughs> I, I, I keep. I wrote like fifteen notes about how gorgeous the house is. There's like stained glass windows mm-hmm. and like dark wood and. Ugh, gorgeous. I would 100% live in that it's house. It's so beautiful. Even with all the crazy, even with grandma in the in the attic, I would still live in it. That's how beautiful it is. It is. It's so gorgeous. Grandma could stay up there. I don't need to know. I just won't go in the attic. Exactly. I'm okay with that. <laughs> just keep the naked people up there the, too. As long as the naked people stay up there with her. Yeah. Because I don't need naked people running around. They don't need to be in the woods. I'm okay. No. <laughs> Like, I leave my house. Bye. <laughs> Bye, naked people in the hedges. But yeah, rewatching this movie definitely makes it even better. Oh um, and I think watching it again, I'll get even more out of it. Because there was like so many little things. There's so many like details mm-hmm. that you miss and um, foreshadowing. So much foreshadowing that, of course, you don't see the first time because you don't know what's going to happen. It's so funny um, because when I was watching it this time, I felt, and if you haven't, Watch this movie, please stop because yes. huge spoiler right now. Um, I was like, how do you not know that that lady was just like in your life from the beginning? <laughs> like, uh, you mean Joan? Joan, yeah. Like when she finally realized it, I was like, duh. But I was like, you know, because I knew it already before. Like I had no idea the first time I watched it, obviously. Right. But like, yeah. it's just like so uncomfortable. And so like, there's just something so off about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This movie's well, so And there's good. so many good like after you know what happens, there's so mm-hmm. many good like little things that you know you understand like um Annie uh talking about how her brother was schizophrenic mm-hmm. and thought his mom was trying to put people inside him. It's like, "Oh, yeah, that she probably was doing that." Yes, that that <laughs> scene is so telling at the beginning. Yes. You're like, oh, you basically just say, explain everything. Yes. All of the things. Yes. And then, you know, my mother had DID, you know, Mm -hmm. she had disassociated identity disorder and, you know, which is like basically multiple personality disorder. It's like, yeah, she probably was living multiple lives. You know, she was this like cult leader and witch and like also your mom. (laughs) But do you think... That maybe she was also possessing some kind of spirit. I think so. I felt like that towards the end, they kind of hinted that she was also, um, she was a queen of some sort. Yes. Like they had a picture queen of her. Queen or whatever. Yeah, Queen Lee, um, which I thought maybe she was also 
possessed by some spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. There's like so many possibilities here um, and it all works, mm-hmm. um, which I love. You know, this can kind of you get as much of out of this movie as you want, but it can really go down so many different paths and still really work um, and everything would still make sense. Um, I appreciate that a lot. It's so good. Uh, I don't know. I especially like the, the more fo- foreshadowing that I really appreciated was uh, when Peter was driving Charlie to the party. Um, you just see them zoom in on the pole for a second, and then they're at the party, and then later that pole obviously comes back into play, which is I think one of the most shocking scenes uh, ever. <laughs> oh my god! I just remember sitting in the theater like. Oh my god! Oh my god! No! 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 Yeah, and I like cringed, and I mm-hmm. feel like that scene, just that split second after, is so quiet. And I swear, you could hear a pin drop in the theater. Everybody was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I think everyone had that moment. Like, but you know what else is funny is there's another crazy moment in this movie that I completely fucking forgot about, which is towards the end when mom and with mom and the piano wire. Um, oh my god that i i don't know how i forgot about that um but i did and holy shit i was shocked again (laughs) same because i was like okay i know i've seen this movie before and you hear the noise and you see um peter's face yeah and he's like looking up and i was like i don't remember what he sees i don't remember what he sees are they gonna show it i don't remember and then i was like oh my god (laughs) i was like how did i forget that part and Especially the best thing ever is that he sees her doing that. He sees the naked people. He fucking falls out the window or jumps out the window or something out the window. And then you still hear the sound of her sawing. And then you hear her head drop. It's so good. Yeah. Because you don't see it. But it's almost worse that you're hearing it happen because you know exactly what happened. Yep. Oh, my God. How good is the imagery? When he wakes up and Charlie's in the corner and then she like <sighs> drops her head down and it turns into the ball. Oh my God. So good. This movie is so good. <laughs> it's really, really good. I, I, I remember loving it, but like, it's really, really good. It's so good in the um, rewatch. It's just the details are insanely awesome. Yes. There's so many details here. There's details Everywhere you look, there's details in every background scene. Um, There's symbols everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's words on the wall. There's um, just even like triangles everywhere, um, which is super uh, works really well with the story um, because you obviously have the three family members um, that that die, Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically. Um, There's just there's just so much. Uh, thought that went into this um, that I really, really appreciate and love. And um, I can't wait to watch it more and get even more out of it. I'm like, I'm going to probably watch this again tonight. I'm so excited about this movie. I totally could watch it uh, twice in a row. Easy. Yeah. Um, Which is saying a lot because I hate long movies. (laughs) It's so crazy to me because I was like, okay, need to carve out time. Because I need to, you know, watch this. And then all of a sudden, I was like, this movie flew by. Yeah. So fast. I want to know how the the fuck they got those miniatures. Because I was like, seriously impressed by them. They're so cool. They're very cool. 
And I love that, like, that's kind of how it opens, seeing these things. I thought one of the more illuminating scenes upon rewatch, and especially because I could pause and really read some of those, I'm reading a book moments, you know, Mm -hmm. where you just kind of can, like, you read little phrases, but you don't read the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I paused a couple times. And right before, um, there's one scene where Peter's, in the courtyard and at school lunch or something and you see joan is that her name joan across the street oh yeah 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 she's yelling at peter peter i expel you then she says a bunch of like words that i don't know and then she says peter get out because she's trying to kick him out of his body yeah see and i didn't hear her say i expel you but i definitely heard her say get out yeah, it's the first thing she says. She says, Peter, I expel you. And when, um, and then right after that scene, we have Annie going through her mother's books mm-hmm. and we and we see a scene. I'll read the book uh, passage that's highlighted that she's reading. It says, when su- successfully invoked, King Pyman will possess the most vulnerable host. Only when the ritual is complete will King Pullman, Pyman, Pyman, I think they Pyman. said Pyman. <laughs> yeah. Be locked into his ordained host. Once locked in, a new ritual is required to unlock the possession. So at this point, what I that tells me, I believe, is that what I think is happening is she's locking King Pyman in with in Peter. Mm-hmm. But he but the new ritual hasn't occurred to unlock the possession yet. So like at that point, King Pyman's already in him, and they have to do one more ritual to get him to finish the whatever. Because that's when, you know, we see him starting to act more like a puppet. He goes in and out. We see that light flashing that kind of um, always happens when some sort of weird possession is about to happen. You know what I mean? Do you know that light I'm talking about? Yeah, I always thought that that was Charlie. Like at the end, you mean? At the end it was, but I mean, there's a there's quite a few times Peter sees that light and that light is shining on Peter. Gotcha. So and I so always that's... thought that that kind of just identified King Pyman. Gotcha. So when Charlie is seeing King... I mean, I know that King Pyman and Charlie are really one and the same. Right. But he couldn't stay in her body because she she's needed, a girl. Yeah, she needed a male host. Yeah. Or he needed a male host. Yeah. Really? It's so cool. Interesting. Cool. Different. Yes. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people draw parallels to Rosemary's Baby, but like, I mean, come on. This is so different. So different. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it, it. Rosemary's Baby is like. Don't get me wrong, super wonderful, and like the undercover cult thing is super cool. Um, and there is an undercover cult here, definitely, but this is more about the family and like, yes, they're dealing with grief, and there's just so many levels to this story, um, and so much like symbolism, and um, I don't know, it's really smart, and I highly encourage anyone to rewatch this multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple times. You can't see this movie enough is what I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And Tony Collette's acting and Peter's acting is just like. 
phenomenal. I was so because I mean, I was impressed by his acting the first time around because I was like, when I first saw the trailer, I was very mm-hmm. curious because I was like, I just saw this kidding Jumanji. I'd never seen him in anything else. And I was really impressed the first time around. But this time around, I was like, he's literally amazing. And people always talk about Tony Collette's acting, which is also phenomenal. She just makes you feel so many things in this movie. But like, we don't really hear about Peter that much. And he, he's so good. He's, he's so, so good. good. Yeah. When he's like crying in the attic after mm-hmm. Tony Collette chases him up the stairs and he's like, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, mommy, please, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I was just like, oh my God, you're going to make me start crying. Like, yes. it's heartbreaking. It, I was blown away. I don't even think I recognized it yeah. the first time I watched it because I was so fixated on Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. But this time I really appreciated his acting chops. So like, good. he's fucking got it. Like, he's talented for sure. Um, and why is Charlie so creepy? Like, they put makeup on her to, like, really define any, um, I don't know. They, they did something with makeup to her face that made her just look like an old woman. You know, like, yeah. it, it, it really, I don't, every time you looked at her, you're like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, are you going to kill me? Because <laughs> they never talk about it. And she never acts like a normal kid. No she's and she barely talks and when she does talk it's like i don't know there's no playfulness there no she's very somber she's very like you don't even you don't you never really know she's yeah she's an old soul you never really know what's going on in her head head. yeah like we don't really know who this person is but i also appreciated little things like she had like an artistic way about her Mm -hmm. she knows she liked to draw and she made these creepy dolls and um but it's kind of like reminiscent of what her mother does you know her mom makes dolls and and figures and things like that totally but it's but it's like kind of what a kid would do but it's way creepier Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was like why i was like tony collette why are you making this little girl go to a high school party i know (laughs) what are you thinking I had to write down her age because they said it at one point and I was like, because I was trying to figure out how old she was. Mm -hmm. And I I think that probably Charlie and Peter are only three years apart, but it's those three years that really matter. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not going to matter in 10 years, but it's going to really matter right now. It matters a lot right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think because he's probably like 16 or 17 and she's 13. So it's not like a really big age difference, but. But it is in that year, in that. Yeah, totally, totally big differences. Um, and she acts, I don't know, she's so quiet and reserved and you don't quite know what she's thinking Mm and, uh, it's a really interesting character, man. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Would you have, I mean, I was kind of surprised that he even put her in the car and drove her to the, was driving her to the hospital when she ate the nuts. Like, I kind of thought that you would just call 911 in that scenario. But maybe he was trying to save time. I feel like he was high. So he was mm. probably a little paranoid. Sure. He's not wanting to call 911 to this house party. Because they're right. probably not supposed to be having a house party where they're probably drinking and smoking. 
so he probably just reacted, you know, grab the grab her, put her in the car, get her home to the EpiPen. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. get it. I mean, he was bringing her to the hospital, though. He did say, I'm, we're, re- we're near the hospital. We're almost there. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, he's probably just like, I have to get her there away from the house, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, I, I don't know. He was high. He was really high. I mean, just if you're, took a bomb, I mean, a huge, true. A giant I mean, if you're a kid, hit. you think about things like, <laughs> a uh, I don't want my friends to get in trouble. Yeah. But also your sister is dying. So maybe that takes priority. Right. And like, God, <laughs> I did really love the whole scene that follows the accident because it's, it feels like a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or even anyone going through that where you're just like, maybe if I just go to sleep. It'll not be real. He doesn't even like look back. He knows what happens and he's like, are you okay? But he says it so softly Mm -hmm. and he's like, okay, we're okay. I'm driving home now. Yeah. Oh, and then the next scene where Tony Collette discovers it. Oh, and you just hear it. I love all hearing all the background things. And I love, especially um, here I am again with my, my closed captions. Um, But with closed captions and hearing him come in the house and walk to his room like a zombie, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can, I hear her in the background going, Oh, they're home. Okay, I can I can go to sleep now. Yeah, because that's the thing parents do. You know, they they don't want their kids to know that they stay up waiting right. to make sure that they're okay. But you know, they do because they worry. And so she was just like, "Okay, great. I hear them come home. We're good. I'm gonna go back to sleep." And then I'm sure the next morning is just the worst morning of her life. Okay. And uh, I mean, and there's no way that doesn't completely strain your family and make it hard to be a family anymore you know oh my god the scene where she tells peter that she never wanted to be his mother that was a dream though yeah 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 yeah. but like the scene like it's so oh my god that whole scene like all the dream sequences feel really real until they don't yeah until you're like (laughs) why are they both wet (laughs) fuck why did she say that yeah (laughs) You're like, oh, my God, this got really uncomfortable. And then you're like, oh, my God, it's all in her head. What's happening? And I wonder if the scene where she, not the scene, but the, the the whole thing where she supposedly sleepwalks and douses her Charlie and Peter in paint thinner mm-hmm. and is about to strike a match. Like, that's not culty. Like me, is that like her intuition trying to like solve the problem before it happens? You know, like I, it's so uh, weird to me, but also, I mean, if that happened, she would kind of still be being a good mom. (laughs) No, for sure. And I, I mean, I feel like that's her goal. Like she's trying to figure out, she's trying to say, okay, like, I really think that she thinks by burning that book and lighting herself on fire that she's like solving it. Right. I love her face when she throws the book on and Gabriel Byrne goes up in in flames. She's like, what the fuck? Like, her face is just like, that's about right. Like, And I wonder why that happens. Like, why does he burn in that moment? Is it like a cult? The cult is controlling the situation at that point? I feel like it had something to do with the book and the possession of the book. But I'm not... 
Well, because the first time it burns her. Why does it burn him the second time if she throws it in again? Because at first I was thinking, oh, he's going to throw it in so he'll be on fire because whoever throws it in is going to be on fire. But then she throws it in. So I was like, I don't understand why he's on fire then. And it must just be maybe the cult had the, you Mm -hmm. know, vision into the future to know that that would happen. And I don't know. I don't know. I felt like it made... Yeah, I don't know. I felt like when I first saw it, I maybe thought, okay, so she's trying to burn the book, but it's lighting her on fire to obviously protect itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know. I am I guess we'll never know, obviously, like if Gabriel burned through it into the fire, would Tony Collette have lit on fire or would he have lit on fire? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. It must have just been like, I don't know. I don't really get it. I don't know how they the cult could have known that was going to happen. But, yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. I don't think it really matters. No. It's just a, it's a cool There's scene. lots of little things like that. We gotta like get rid of Gabriel like, Byrne somehow. <laughs> yeah. Why not just burn him alive Throw and the book cut in. off his head? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Lots of headless people running around and birds. Yeah. All the headless you, people. How'd you do with that bird scene? Oh, I just don't. I knew it was coming and I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to watch anything head be chopped off with scissors. It's just, nope. No, you're good I'm without good. it. I'm all right. Yeah. That's kind of when you're like, okay, so Charlie's weird. Yeah. She is fucking weird. <laughs> Charlie's not a regular child. Oh, it's true. It's a very true. Okay. Well, let's get through some of this trivia because there's some really good trivia here. <clears throat> um, so Tony Collette did not told her agent that she didn't want to do any more heavy horror dark films. She only wanted to do comedies. Mm-hmm. But then she read the script and was like, yeah, I have to do this. She hates horror movies. <laughs> That's hilarious because she's in um, a lot of them. She's in a lot of them and she's really fucking good at it. <laughs> she's so good at it. And she plays crazy so well, too. Did you ever see uh, the United, I don't remember what it's called, States of Terra or something like that? I haven't, but I know, yeah, I know what that is. It's, yeah, it's like one season of a show and she plays a person with multiple personalities and it's really good. But um, she does comedy great, too. I mean, I, I she's a very well-rounded actress. And she does she horror do comedy fantastic, as we know in like, Krampus. <laughs> oh, yeah, Krampus. Um uh, they did a lot of special effects for the film, which I really appreciated. Like that whole chalkboard thing was like magnets mm-hmm. and um, the candle lighting itself um, was a practical effect. That's cool. I, I definitely appreciate that in the age of everything CGI. Um, I thought that the, uh, the uh, not only was Ari Aster um, detailed in um the presentation of the film, but he was also detailed in the preparation of the characters. We have biographies and backstories for all the characters. All of the actors received those. Um, and he wrote them before he even wrote the screenplay. Um, I think that's, that really says a lot it makes because sense. We've, it really helps. I think uh, maybe that's why we have such uh, well-rounded and full feeling characters. Yeah. Um, you feel like you really I, know these people. They're totally. real people. And he would make Tony Collette and um, Alex um, 
no, he would make uh, Alex and Millie, the two kids, he would make them go out to eat in character. Um, and like Millie wouldn't talk at all. And Alex would like be trying to get her to talk. And it was like practice, I guess, but it was really, it's really interesting. It is really interesting. I also like how um, Gabriel, the husband and Alex, the son, they worked together previously. And um, Alex and Millie, they went to, they knew each other from school. So they both had relationships together, but Tony didn't know anyone. So like she was already an outsider even before like the whole acting thing comes into play, which is really interesting. Um, it really just adds to the, the alienation of her character. Um, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, man. that's fascinating. Um, oh, also we should talk about the school scene. Um, we've talked about it previously and we enjoy when, uh, the lessons that people are learning in school kind of mirror mm-hmm. the themes of the, the, the film itself. Mm-hmm. And, um, when, um, Peter's in class, he's learning about, I don't know what it says here. I think, uh, I don't know specifically what the lesson is, but I'm guessing it's a literature class of some sort. And they're learning about like, um, characters helplessness and not being able to change the future and no escaping fate things like that and how it really just mirrors throughout the story it's like all this shit's gonna happen like there's nothing you can really do to stop it yeah totally um and um let me see if i can find like my actual yeah here it says um uh, one of the other students in the class is saying that, you know, the main character has no choice. He can't read the signs uh, and all the characters are hopeless, um, which, you know, is very accurate. Um, I the, love movies like this, too, where you're it's like you can't do anything. Nothing. Yeah, weren't we just talking about this last week? Yeah. You, you were saying you really liked it um, for what film? I don't remember. Uh, what did we watch last week? Um, uh, the others and the village. So maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't last, last week, week. But it was recent. Yeah, it was it super was recent. recent. Where I was like, yeah. you can't solve this problem. There's yeah. no magic thing that. Y- oh, it was autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh yeah, that's right. There's no, yeah. there's no thing that you can solve that's going to change the outcome. Like this, yes. you are on. You're here for the ride, and that's it. Yeah. There's still a mysterious element, but really there's nothing you can do. Right. You can try. You can feel like you're working towards something, but this is happening whether you like it or not. So apparently, um, as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be a new film coming out by Ari Aster. And um, he has 10 screenplays are in that he wants to direct over the course of his career that he already has written. Wow. You can just imagine if this is his starting point. Like I... I just can't wait to see what else he has in his weird little brain. <laughs> Ari, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Tony Collette said he's like the most prepared director she's ever worked for. I mean, I I just can't wait. I just, I cannot wait. Yeah, well, since this was like his first real like full length movie, he was like super prepared. Like he wanted, he was like, I have to show up. I have to be yeah. here for it. We're it's doing this crazy movie. that this is his first full length and like how complete and like rich this film mm-hmm. is not not necessarily rich in funding, but just like it feels rich, you know, I mean, he nailed everything like there's so there's so much content here. There's every little thing has clearly been thought about and clearly been planned and mapped out. Just the fact that he wrote 
biographies for these people before he even wrote the script is just like really telling and makes me really excited for the other scripts that he's written. Just like how much he obviously cared, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So the budget of this film was $10 million. Um, and it made over uh, 44, 44 million. So they made their money back. That's amazing. Uh, cumulative worldwide, almost 80 million. So damn. I guess it was successful. Um, so I, hopefully he just keeps getting to do this. <laughs> People give him more money. Give him all the money. Let's do this. I want more. Um, so now there's another film we get to look forward to for next year. For this year, sorry. For this, this very year. excited. It's 2019, <laughs> by the way. It, it is. When did that happen? Who knew? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? No. So so good. So great. Bravo. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy we watched both these films. Uh, really good movies for this episode. Yeah. Um, so uh, what are we doing next week, Carly? Oh, next week. We are going to be doing uh, our 2018 favorites, top 10. Yes. Yes. I'm very excited. Me too. We're finally getting to it. We've watched enough 2018 films that we feel like we have an appropriate list. It's true. <laughs> There's still more I could watch, to be Same. honest. And maybe I'll try and fit a couple in this week. I think I'm going to try. But so uh, we'll do a top 10. Yeah. If you guys want to send us in your lists, we'll read a couple out loud. So if you have a top 10, top 5, top 3, whatever uh, list of 2018, feel free to uh, shoot those over to us. Um, send us a link or email us or whatever you want. Finalgirlshorrorcast at gmail.com if you want to email. Otherwise, you know, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on we're around. Facebook. Yeah. You can send those over. Yeah. You can figure that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about that. We'll also be doing a, a short worst list. <laughs> there might be a couple I can throw on there. I can I think of some. one, but I have to watch it first. What? <laughs> you can't put something on your list you haven't seen yet. I know. Carly. That's why I said I have to watch it first before it's on there. But just from what from what I've heard, I'm basically. really now. I'm just curious. I guess oh, I'll have to wait until is. next week. I don't. I'm surprised then. I have an idea. Okay. I'm not confident. Well, if I watch it b- before next week, you'll know. And if you don't, I'll say it anyways. Oh, my God. I'll, I'll, it's an, it'll be an honorable mention that you'll agree with. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess that's it for this week. We're going to we're gonna wrap up. Cancel out that final segment. We'll, we'll share other people's lists next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so until then, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs>